we're here today because we're starting something new. Last year, um, actually the past two years, um, we've started a series of classes before worship called Truth in Life. And over the last couple of years, we've taken a look at God's Word, but through a lens that is different than the lens we're turning to now. The lens we've been using for the past couple of years is theology, systematic theology. It's where you take concepts from the Bible and then look at many, many different places in the Bible that speak about that sort of concept, that theological concept, salvation, election, judgment, love, wrath, etc. This year, all right, this year, we're starting something new. We're going to be going through the Bible. We're going to be looking at every book of the Bible, um, and it's a survey. How many of you know what a survey is? You're going through the, this is not an in-depth, this is not like we did in Matthew, where we spent four years going through one book. This is this is a high flyover pass of the Bible. Not because we don't want to know the Bible deeply and intimately, but because you see certain things from 10,000 feet that you don't see from five feet. And you need to do both. And we will do both. Uh, but for the next couple of years, we're going to be looking at the Bible through the lens of a survey. We're going to be doing a book a week, which is incredibly fast and daunting. And a lot of the teachers, that was kind of a hard sell for the teachers, actually, initially. But uh, we have uh, thought a lot about how to do this, and um, the teachers have come away looking at the source material and looking at the plan, and even though they were initially a little like, they, they, they really believe in what we're doing, and I do too. Um, whenever we're looking at the Word of God, it's powerful, and I have great expectations for this year. Twenty-some years ago when we started this church, we named it Christ the Word Church, and how many, of you were, how many of you were here then? Just a handful at this point. Um, we named our church Christ the Word because the, the Word of God is central. It is pivotal to the life of every Christian, every believer. And, and Christ being the Word, John 1, 1, we thought was a reality was a truth that needed to be at the forefront of who we were as a church. It's what we're founded on, the Word of God. It's vital that as we are 20 years in, and as, how many of you were, show of hands, how many of you were, were born in this church? I know this is an adult Sunday school class, so we don't have lots of kids and not lots of teenagers, but we have handfuls. Uh, many, many, many young people were either born in this church or have been raised in this church. I saw on my phone, I got those memories that pop up. And I got two photos this week. One of Calvin McClavick and one of Tate Folk about five or eight years ago playing guitar in my office. And it was a reminder how many children are now becoming young men, adults, men and women in this church. And it's vital not just that we started the church with the view to the centrality of the word of God for our good and for the salvation of Toledo, but that that reality and conviction is passed on from generation to generation. The mission of our church is reaching and raising generations for Christ and teaching them his word, not just reaching and raising one, uh, one generation. And so this love for the word of God needs to go on. Every single child of God must share in this conviction the Word of God 
is also spoken of in Scripture as being a light to our feet and a guide to our path. Um, I'm going to step on these, Matt, or else you're going to be tripped up all morning. There we go. Um, a few weeks, a few weeks ago, <laughs> a few weeks ago, um, I was in the Boundary Waters, and when we got there, we checked in with the outfitter, and I bought one of these maps because we were going to set out in canoes, and the Boundary Waters is, I think, over a million acres of waterways. And uh, we were trying to go up this river, up and around and down, and it would be impossible without a map. You don't have cell service up there. You can download the map onto your phone, but man, having it big and handy out before you so you can read clearly is so helpful. If we wouldn't have had a map, we would have been so turned around. There's so many little tributaries. There's so many things that look like they're pass-throughs, but they aren't. They dead end. You have to have a map, a guide. The scripture is a guide and a light for us in this world. And uh, it's imperative that we know it. It's imperative that we know the word of God. There's so many half-truths and deceptions and, and, and snares in this world. We have to have a map, a guide to light our way. Do you believe that the Bible really does guide your way just like we were tied to this map while we were canoeing? It does. It does. I want to remind us on the idea of generations and the importance of passing down a love and a knowledge of the Word of God to generations. That Earlier this summer, I preached on Manasseh. And Manasseh was a wicked king. And he spent most of his life tearing down all the things that God had said that should be built up. Doing the things that God had said no to. But at the end of his life, there was a humbling. God humbled him and he turned to God in repentance and sought the Lord. And at the end of his life, as, as we talked about in a number of weeks ago in the sermon, he gave his end days to trying to make things right. To correcting false worship and instituting right worship to bringing back the word of God that he had worked for many years to suppress. What's interesting is that Manasseh was the grandfather to who? Any of you remember? Huh? Josiah. You're right. Manasseh was the grandfather of Josiah. And why is that interesting? Well, we're told that it was during the reign of Josiah that the law of God was found. It wasn't known Josiah was a soft-hearted man who wanted to do what was right. He, he wasn't in rebellion against God, and yet the things of God were unknown to him. They had been lost. Even those who worked in the temple were surprised by some of the things that were found when that law was found and read. And the reason I bring that up is to say that that was just two generations. So you see the importance of the Word of God. And you see the way that foundationally it brings us to, to life. Salvation is through the word. But then you see the importance of it being a guide. And then you see the importance of it being passed on generationally. Generation to generation. We must pass on a love for the word of God. So as parents, I'm hoping uh, that we, to, to do this in the life of my children. It, for you uh, young people, a love and a knowledge of the word of God is essential essential. And so that's why we're doing this. I, I really just wanted to frame in uh, what Matt's going to say by, by talking about 
the, the opportunity that we have to look at this word which is powerful and to be changed by it and to evoke change in the world around us through it. One more thought just before we bring Matt up is, you know, I was reminded of Stephen's sermon. Do you remember Stephen's sermon that got him stoned? What was it? It was, it was, a, sermon, it was a sermon that many of you might like because it was very short in a way. <laughs> but it, all it was was history, right? It, he started with an account of, okay, this is Abraham, and then this happened, and Joseph, and this, and, and David, and then, and then he turns and applies it at the very end, right? Which is what they don't like. But to, in order to apply the word of God, you need to know the word of God. How do, you, how do you apply something that you don't know? It's impossible, right? It's like me and math. How do I apply? I don't have a good grasp of math, and so I'm handicapped. We, I can make it through with a calculator, but we can't make it through without the word of God. We can't make it through without a knowledge of the word of God. We should be like Stephen, who's able to recount from memory and to apply. So that's our hope. That's my hope for us this year, and this is what we're seeking to do. All right, Matt, thanks. Thank you. All right. I'm looking around at you all, and I see a wide range of people, young people, not so young people, new Christians, experienced Christians. Most of you, though, regardless of where you fall on the spectrum, most of you have experienced the glory and the power of Scripture, right? You have a particular passage you go to over and over that's just encouraging or, or whatever. For me, Colossians 1 is like pure oxygen when I, you know, when I feel like I'm drowning. It's the, the glory of Christ, the supremacy of Christ. I go there over and over. Maybe you have a particular book. A lot of you love Romans, John, whatever it is, a particular story maybe that you learned when you were a kid from the Old Testament. You have a go-to passage for struggles. Um, I know Psalm 27 was, was really just a blessing to me and Sarah a few years ago when we were going through a struggle. You have a go-to passage for encouragement, confession, this sort of thing. Maybe you've have, had a memorable Bible study you've been in, small group, Sunday school class, that sort of thing. You, most of you have experienced this, right? New Christians often have a passage that they go to the rest of their life because they remember when it blew their mind early on. That's the experience for most of us. If you haven't had that experience yet, maybe you're a new Christian, it's coming. And hopefully this year we'll will be the beginning of that. Let me, I think it might be helpful if I spend a few minutes talking about my personal experience with this sort of thing. Um, I grew up in church. I grew up going to a lot of church things, not just Sunday morning worship, but always Sunday school, always the Wednesday evening program, which was not a wanna for me. It was called the um, Christian Youth Club. Um, I went to a Christian school from kindergarten all the way through even into college. So I knew lots of passages. I knew a lot of, um, I memorized a lot of them. I had to do it at Toledo Christian. I knew a lot of passages. I knew all the stories pretty much in the Old Testament. But I, did I have an understanding of the big picture or the flow of Scripture? I really didn't. Nathan's right, this is moving. I didn't have a good understanding of the big picture or the flow. There was one notable exception. In high school, I took a Bible class um, 
from a guy named Mr. Vanderveld. He was an odd guy. Does anybody remember overhead transparencies? Some of you are too young to be raising your hand. I don't think you know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> these were, these were, were transparent slides. Sometimes they were on a roll, and sometimes they were just loose-leaf sheets. And you would write on them, and a big, bright, hot light bulb would project it onto the screen. Um, they weren't dry erase. You couldn't just do that. You needed liquid to erase these things. So Mr. Vanderveld would stand over it with his mouth open and would just drool all over. And then he'd smear it around, and it was disgusting. That's not relevant at all to what I'm talking about. <laughs> so Mr. Vanderveld's class was great, although I have chosen not to adopt some of his methods of teaching. He took us through the book of John, and he expected us to know what each chapter was about. He had that expectation, and I thought, this is kind of crazy. How, how does he expect us at the end of the semester to be able to look back and know what, what is the theme of John 1? What is the theme of John 2? He, he wanted us to know this, and I still remember a lot of that. It really worked. It was effective. Um, okay, so fast forward to college. That was in high school. Fast forward to college. I was not following the Lord at all. Um, I thought someday I'd come back to it. You know, it wasn't a full rejection in my mind, in my arrogance. I thought, I'll come back to the church and to the Lord on my time. Um, but then I got kicked out, and God changed my heart in one particular moment. Really, I don't know if that's when I was born again or if that had happened before and God was simply grabbing me and pulling me back. I'd be happy. I'd love to tell you more details of that story some other time. But in a moment, he changed my heart. I was kicked out of school, um, came home, found in the coming days that I was really coming alive in my faith. My dad was upset that I was kicked out. I was working for him, so he paid me $2 an hour, um, which even back then in the 90s was less than half of minimum wage. So $2 an hour. Um, I had a lot of time on my hands, but not a lot of money. It gave me just enough money to go out to breakfast once or twice a week with Steve Altman. Some of you know Steve Altman, Kevin Simpson, and a couple other friends at that time. And it gave me enough money to buy books. And I read a lot of theology. But the most important thing I did that year was read God's Word. I read it fast. I read it over and over. In fact, I think I read it Genesis to Revelation three times in nine months because I had that time on my hands God was showing me things in his word that were just so enlightening, and they were giving me life, and he was helping me apply it. Um, it changed my life forever in big ways. Of course it did, because it's God's word, and we all know that it's powerful, and it transforms us, it changes us. So of course it changed me, but, and the reason I tell the story this morning is that it taught me themes by reading it quickly, I should say. By reading it quickly, in a period of three, four months, um, an hour and a half a day, I'm not saying, by the way, you need to do this, but this is, this is what God did for me by reading it fast. I learned the themes, I learned the story arc, I learned the big picture of redemption. Incidentally, this is what 
Doing that back then is what brought me to Reformed convictions because I was reading so quickly in, in the Calvinist, Arminian, all that stuff. It was no longer just a proof text here and there, but I would read Genesis. And, you know, if you read Genesis in three days and you get a feel for the big picture, you come away with election, providence, predestination, that sort of thing. Uh, again, that's not my, my main point, but that's the sort of thing it does. It teaches you themes, story arc, big picture stuff like that. Uh, so that's my story and, and how I not only came to love God's Word at that point in my life, but what I think reading it quickly and an overview type of method did. So as Nathan said a few minutes ago, that's what we're going to do this year. One book per week. I was one of the teachers who was skeptical. I've been assigned Genesis through Joshua, so you'll have me um, sometime in the next few months. Um, I was one of the teachers who was skeptical. I said, Nathan, I don't know about this. I'm going to get one week, 45 minutes for Genesis. Who's, who gets Obadiah? I don't know. Who has Obadiah? Is it David? Nathan has Obadiah. Okay, you can read Obadiah in two minutes. And he gets 45 minutes to teach Obadiah. I get 45 minutes for Genesis. So I thought, I'm not sure about this. But as he said, I've come around. I'm really excited about what we're doing. What will this do for us this year? I think it's going to give us an outline of the content of each book in the Old Testament. It's going to teach us the themes of each book of the Old Testament. We're going to move so quickly that you're going to see the arc of redemption. You're going to learn the audience for each book. Um, there's a reason that seminaries and, and colleges start with the survey class. It's for those reasons. I took one at Cedarville University. Um, it was, you know, a hard class, college level, Bible class. What's interesting is that class has about the same number of hours of teaching as we'll have this year. Now, that class was great for me. It was pivotal for me, and for so many people, it was, it's constantly ranked as one of the students at Cedarville's as one of their favorite classes. So we'll have the same amount of time. Now, we're not going to cram it into 10 weeks. It's going to be over eight months or so, but I hope it will do for all of us here in the church what it did for me when I was in college. Um, there are many benefits to doing an overview. I've ex explained that, but let's, let's imagine being transported to a forest in October. This is the classic missing the forest for the trees idea. Okay, so you're transported to a forest in October and you're examining leaves. Some, some crumble and turn to dust. Some are still full of moisture and life. You examine them, they're all beautiful, right? And, and you're looking at the intricacies of the leaves and seeing God's design, and it's, and it's great, and it's beautiful. Where are you in the forest, though? Are you on the edge of the forest? Are you in the middle of it? How big is it? Is it somebody's backyard, or is it a huge national park? You don't know. So you do that, and then you, then you get a helicopter ride over that same forest. 
Now what do you see? You see the streams. You see a waterfall. You see the hills. You see the contours. You see how vast it is, how big it is. So many of us, as I said before, have been transformed by the Word of God. We have our go-to passages. We love certain books. That's great. That's essential. That's powerful. It's changed your life. Uh, but we still don't know how it all fits together. So how long after the flood did Abraham come along? That's, I mean, you could study the Bible in a certain way your whole life and not really have a great feel for that. How many generations were there between when Israel divided into two kingdoms and the exile? How many generations there? You can study Kings and Chronicles. You can study, you know, minor prophets. But it's hard to piece that together unless you do a survey, an overview. When was Jeremiah written? Do you know which minor prophets were written to God's people, which ones were, were written to outsiders? There's a lot to learn. I hope I'm not over, overwhelming you. My, one of my points here is that this is attainable. This is why we're doing it this way this year. We really think that this is attainable for us as a church, for you individually. The Bible's huge, but we can come to an understanding of those big themes, the Ark of Redemption. We can learn the outline of each book. There aren't that many books. Not everything you learn this year is going to sink in and stick, but I hope a whole bunch of it will. It is attainable. You can understand who, who Jeremiah wrote to. You can understand when, how to place that in history. You can, you can learn the outline of a complicated book like Isaiah. You can do it. We can all do it. So the Bible's huge, but this is attainable. Um, there are lots of ways to study the Bible. I've benefited from a bunch of them. You have too. There's a you know, detailed inductive method. Ask Kevin Simpson how long he spent in 2 Timothy. One year, two years, three years. It was a long time. He was scolding me and some of others in our, in our group for moving on so quickly to other books. He said, there's no way you know anything about 2 Timothy until you've spent two years in it. So that's great. Detailed inductive studies, character studies, topical studies, repetition. So a great one that, that I've also benefited from, for about two years, I would pick five chapters, and I would read those five chapters every day, over and over. And I would, in my car, I would play them on CD, on repeat, those five chapters. I can still hear the, the guy who narrated those. I can, when I read Galatians, I can hear his voice in my head. Um, there's something you, you learn by doing that type of repetitious study. And then there's the survey method, the overview method that I think just fills in a lot of the gaps and helps you um, understand in a different way. So that's our goal for this year is to help you do that. So how should you approach this year? I think with great expectation, you should expect to learn a ton. You should expect to have a lot of information pumped into you. You should expect to move very quickly. Um, and then you should expect you to need to do a lot of the work of application. I think each teacher is going to do some application each week. But usually as a church, we're very heavy on application. And I think you'll find this year to be a little lighter. 
And I think that's fine. I think that's great. Because I, as a teacher, and Randy Myers, as a teacher, can't digest all the information for you and then just pump out the application. You're all at different phases of life. You have different struggles. You have different things going on. So maybe this year will be a little lighter on application in the classroom, but it's going to be huge on application in your life if you devote yourself to it and you're committed to it and you consider yourself an active participant in it. So I would like you to expect God, the Holy Spirit, as you learn this stuff, to apply it. It's not going to be just head knowledge. Sure, there's a, way to, there's a way to study scripture and just come away with head knowledge. That's not what anyone here wants you to do. We want you to apply it, but we expect that God is going to apply it to you. It's his word. It's, his, it's powerful, so he's going to do it. So expect to learn a lot. Expect to move quickly. Expect God to apply this to your life in new ways. I would ask that you be committed to this. If, obviously, if you miss one week, you're missing a lot, right? Because we're moving fast. So you're going to miss a whole book if you miss. You're, there are times for that, but don't, I'm saying don't just come when you're able. Try to commit to it. I think it will really be worthwhile. And then be an active participant. Read on your own if you can, if you have time. But come expecting to learn and to be changed by it. All right, that's, Nathan, do you have some more information? Thanks, Matt. So, uh, a couple, a few weeks ago, halfway through the summer, I had the opportunity I always love, I, you know, I did youth ministry here for a, a number of years, and um, I always enjoy, ah, this is ridiculous, man, look at that. <laughs> I always enjoy um, spending time with the young people of this church, and I found myself in a group of young ladies, um, I, we were serving in the nursery together, and uh, <laughs> I'm to preface that comment, but uh, we were serving in the nursery watching kids. And, you know, when you're serving for a little while, we were just talking about different things. And, you know, somehow we got on the topic of talking about the Bible, you know. And I was throwing out various questions about the Bible. Uh, you know, it's lighthearted. Um, but one of the things that struck me, and, and we aren't doing this class because of my interaction in the nursery that day. But my interaction is underscoring the need for why we need the perspective that Matt has been speaking to us about. I was throwing out questions relating to, so why did this person come with this message? Or when did this happen? It was kind of like Bible trivia, you know, just having some fun. And um, one of the things that those young women who come from godly homes, who love the Lord and who I'm, I'm very pleased with and love very much, one of the things that they said to me was, you know, we really just don't understand how this connects or why this, is, you know, or, or, the, or the timeline of the Old Testament. What, you know, some of them said, we didn't realize that the books weren't all in chronological order until, I think for one of them, it was that day <laughs> through the conversation, you know. These are the sorts of things that, with this survey, we're trying to help uh, grow our knowledge of, right? We, I want, especially the young people, the young men and women, to be able to understand 
who Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel were speaking to and, and who was the king when they were reigning and what was going on and was Israel in a good state at that time or was it, were they in a bad state? All these things, as we've been saying, really do affect, they, they really affect um, the way that we use the scripture. If we don't understand it, we're missing out. And so um, I'm very hopeful and expectant about what God will do through this year. Um, there's a few uh, housekeeping details um, that I'd like to go over. There are some sitting here this morning that weren't a part of our, our classes yet last year or the year prior. So as I said, um, this is going to be a class that is uh, a book a week. We are going to cover almost the entire Old Testament this year. We tried to get the whole Old Testament, it just doesn't work, so we're leaving the books of Psalms, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes, I believe, since we're doing Ecclesiastes in small group. We're going to leave those for next year. We thought that the, the poetry books would be the best to remove because you can study them sort of remotely from the, narrative, the history and the prophecy. Um, so we're going to cover a couple books from the Old Testament next year, but by and large, we're going to go through the whole Old Testament this year. Now, you're sitting here, and you probably heard that there's multiple teachers. You're going to be broken up into five uh, different modules. There's actually a, a little module that's going to be in here. When we, there's a few times th throughout the year where we're going to gather just like this, and that's going to cover, we're going to cover a few books in that style. But for the most part, you're going to be in, f in five different groups. You're going to be going through five, you're going to be starting in five different positions, so that's right, not everyone is starting with Matt French next week in Genesis. Some of you are starting with, with uh, the prophets, some of you are starting with, um, with some, some more of the history, but you're going to get it all, okay, over the next handful of months. We're going to be in five different modules, and we're going to rotate, and if you were here last year, just like how we did it last year, you should have, um, let's see, they're each six weeks long, our teachers this year are Nathan McClavick, Carter Sell, Matt French, Randy Myers, my dad, and um, Jordan Arndt. Those are going to be our teachers for this year. We're going to have new teachers next year. Um, <clears throat> and you should have all received an email, should have all received an email, last week. So not this past week, but I think the, the week prior. Um, and it was an email saying basically, hey, you're going to be in this class for Truth and Life this upcoming year. Um, you, are going, you're, you are in this grouping, and you are going to start in this module, and this module is located in room 103 in the child's education room. How many of you guys read that email? Okay, a lot of us. Okay, great. Now listen, if you didn't see the email, look back at it because you're going to need to know where to go next Sunday. We can help you out when you get here, but if half of you are looking at the exact same time for where you need to be, we're going to have a, a backup, okay? So go back and look at the email. What I'm going to say here is because I is there, there has to be a staff members in here? Yes? Yeah, sure. Um, we're going to send out another email this week to reiterate, okay? Because I know emails can get lost and get backlogged. But if you don't get an email by the end of this week, please check your spam. And if it's not there... Give us a call. It doesn't have to be Friday. It can be whatever day. Give us a call. We want to make sure you know where to go next week, all right? We want to know. We, we want you to know I'm in this group. I'm going to this room. And once you report to that room, you're all going to have a team leader, and he's going to kind of guide you and coach you through the whole year. You shouldn't have any problems, all right? But it is important that you recognize 
where you're starting and what room you need to go to next Sunday morning. That can be found in the email that was already sent out or in the email that is going out this upcoming week. If you didn't get that email, call us, talk to the office. Uh, we'd be happy to help you out. Okay. I will take, we have, we have a, a, we're ending a little early, so I will take a couple of questions and then we're going to pray for the air and then we're going to go. Okay, yes. Okay, all right. Well, why don't we, why don't we start, Randy, Randy is one of our teachers. And a teacher speech? <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Uh, hey, um, but then I'm going to take a couple of questions and then we're going to pray and then we're going to dismiss, all right? I'm, I'm going to give a teacher speech. Uh, I do this all the time. I'm a math teacher. Those of you who don't, high school, right. <laughs> and I teach, I teach in the inner city. Um, and I have, a, I have an acronym, you know, that I have posted on my classroom rules. A, arrive on time. B, be respectful. C, cell phones not permitted. Uh, D, do your homework. Um, e, expect to learn. And F, food not permitted. Now, most of those don't apply to you, and that's great. I don't want to have to deal with some of that stuff. But I want to talk to you about two of them, the A and the E. Try to get here on time. We teachers are working hard. We have 45 minutes. I have, I gave uh, Gary Knapps covering my second class. I have 15 pages of notes for Second Chronicles, and he knows he has to edit it because there's no way you can do 15 pages in 45 minutes. Come on time and expect to learn. Truly, we have, and this is incredibly important information. What uh, Matt French didn't talk about is uh, we have four sections. One is going to be the, generally the outline, or excuse me, the uh, background, author, historical setting. <clears throat> Second is the um, content, and that's probably going to be the biggest chunk. Third is how it applies to Christ and his church. And that's what's really important. How does the Old Testament apply? Could we be Christians with just a New Testament and not the Old Testament? We want to see how it applies, right? And then fourth is going to be application. So I want you to come on time. This is, I'm telling you, my teacher voice. Get here on time. And the other is expect to learn. And don't be sitting in the back. If it's important to you, you should be in the front because I don't know about the other teachers. I'm going to have, I don't have time to say, John, can you read Isaiah 43 2 and we all wait for him to find that passage? No. You can multitask. I'm going to have the slide, the, the verses up there, and I expect you to read them while I'm teaching. You can multitask. We do it all the time. We're on our phones and in a conversation at the same time. So this is going to be your phone, the screen. I want you to read the verses, and if you can't read well, can't see, don't make excuses, sit in the front. All right? I hope I'm not offending anybody, but if you can't see, sit in the front. There's, nobody wants to sit in the front. Even teachers, we go to teachers, go to teacher meetings. I saw Cindy out here. What do teachers do? We sit in the back. We do the same thing. Let's not be hypocrites. If this is important to you, sit in the front and expect to learn and, and read. You're going to have to read. I have lots of verses. My slides aren't like last year. I had pictures of like Calvin or the Westminster Confession or, you know, the assembly or whatever. I got none of that. I don't got pictures of Isaiah. They don't have any. Okay? So, so I'm doing Isaiah and it's like I got a lot of verses I want to get through. So sit in the front. 
I want you to read those verses because I'm not going to stop and read them. You're going to have to read and listen to me. And so it's bang, bang, bang. So you're going to have to be on your toes, get here on time, and expect to learn. Was I out of line? No. Okay. So I think you can all tell. Hey. Uh, and thank you, Matt. Thank you for your work as well. Listen, uh, you can tell that our teachers are passionate, each in his own way. But you can also tell that they've been preparing and they're serious, all right? So, so it must be the case with you as well. You need to, to be ready. I think it's absolutely right. Expectation is everything. If you do sports, you recognize what you expect often comes to be, right? If you expect to lose, you will lose. If you expect to learn nothing, if you expect to be beat, that is what's going to happen. If you expect to learn, that will happen. And that's our prayer. And so uh, any questions uh, from those that are not teachers... Yes, Mrs. Bernstein. Will there, be there will be handouts. Yes. Will there, be email sent out to there will be another email. Yes. Will they, they will be recorded. Yes. <laughs> Starting book of the class. Uh, yes. <laughs> All right. Yes. Yes. Somebody write these down. These are all helpful things. Okay. I, I actually have a request. So when people ask the question, these are being recorded, please repeat the question so that when a person is listening to Spiritual Life, yeah. they actually know what's Yes. There probably will be less questions in some classes and more in others. And I can't, I, this is a helpful thing for the teachers. I know it's a little, it can be difficult to remember in the moment, but if somebody asks a pertinent question, remember that your voice is being recorded for the, and so just to briefly repeat, if you're going to take time to address it, just repeat it quickly so it's in the recording. That's, that's a helpful thought. Okay. Any other pressing? Okay, yes. PDFs. Is that what you said? Guess the answer. Yes, the answer is yes. Yes to all of the above. All right. <clears throat> Will there be PDFs? of the handouts, PDFs. Okay, Julius, uh, would you stand and with a nice loud voice thank God for his word and ask that he would, he would bless it as we pursue him this year.